fated to arrive at exactly the right time that they will be remembered as pretty good for a video game adaptation, even though they're kind of bad by the standards of regular movies. Hello everyone, my name's Maxi. I'm Dan. And this is Video Games The Movie The Podcast. This month, we'll be discussing Orientalism, the 1978 book of political and literary criticism by Edward Said. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny you mention that, because that's something we did for Season 5 of Pot of Greed. Wait, genuinely? Yeah, like, Sarah, for, like, a couple episodes, Sarah would, like, open an episode talking about, like, a couple chapters from the book. It was great. Uh, well, well, then, I suppose, uh... You are in a very good position to discuss uh, the movie this month, which is mm-hmm. Prince of Persia. I think it came out in, like, 2010? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2010. Uh, first Disney movie we've talked about. Uh, not talking about... Unless one of these things we're going over was, like, later acquired, I think this is the first thing with, at the very least, the Disney intro. Uh, I think this was, like, legit in... I don't know if you'd call it in-house. This has Disney written all over it, and I'll tell you why I know that. Mm -hmm. It's because they put Captain Jack Sparrow in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, The character in this movie, who is Jack Sparrow, is pretty fun, but he is just Jack Sparrow. It... uh, uh, What have you been playing this month? Uh, let's see. So the other day I picked up Not For Broadcast, which is that game oh, yeah. where you, um, like, edit the news in real time. Mm-hmm. Weird game. Plays well. Uh, story is definitely gripping. I have no idea what its political stance is. And normally I'd be like, okay, maybe it just doesn't have one. But no, I feel like it definitely does. But I don't know. It, it goes back and forth a lot. Mm-hmm. It may be kind of like Disco Elysium, where it's just kind of disillusioned with everybody, but doesn't work as well for me as that. Right, right. Uh, before that, I was playing uh, Atelier Aisha, uh, the Alchemist of Ducks. Uh, sorry, the Alchemist of Dusk, not Ducks. Um, that's from a series of JRPGs that are very focused on item crafting. They got a pretty in-depth system for it. And uh, before that, I was playing through Tunic. Which is kind of like a cross between Legend of Zelda and Dark Souls with yeah. some of the decryption sort of weird meta puzzles from Fez. That one's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I. Let me think. So, in the month of April, uh, there's basically been one game that's been dominating overall, which is Final Fantasy XIV, because uh, some of my friends have been getting into it, and I'm like. Uh, you know what, I need to get back into this game and and progress through it. Uh, let's see, I just got to the start of Stormblood. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very happy with uh, my Hrothgar Warrior of Light. He's a big blue and white lion tiger man. Uh, I, uh, let's see, uh, I've, I've also been telling myself to, like, play some other games, and not just make that the one game. So I've also been playing, uh, I've been replaying the original Cook Serve Delicious. Uh, oh, that one's so fucking good. Yeah, it rules. Uh, uh, Did that one have all the weird, like, alternate universe post-apocalyptic stuff in that? Or was that introduced in two? I feel like there might be a couple things, but it's more, but two is the one where it really, like, doubles down on it. Hmm. Uh uh, Cook Serve Delicious a... one just has oh, sorry, go on. the best uh, spam emails ever written in a video game. Mm. Uh, it's uh, it's also very interesting to go back since I've played the previous games and now that I'm like much more experienced, it's neat going in and being able to regularly do a perfect day. Uh, it's I can see for like a for like an experienced player it could be a bit of a slog because uh like progressing does require like you have to do 20 days of service before you get your next star. Uh, yeah. But it's it's good. I love it. 
Uh, I also, let me think, is there anything else I've, like, dipped into? Uh, let's see, I, I did at some point boot up some 40k games because I was thinking about Warhammer 40k. Uh, mm-hmm. I booted up Mechanicus. It, it seems nice, but very janky. Like, there's some neat ideas going on, but I can't quite, I couldn't quite grok with it. Uh, I also, uh, I did find out something that's cool about the game. So, uh, in Mechanicus, everyone is, like, voiced by just, they're all, like, tech priests, so they're, like, fucked up cyborg dudes. And they all talk in, like, this weird computer simlish stuff. But then, like, eventually you meet, like, Necrons, and they just, like, speak in fully voiced English. So I, I think that's just, like, kind of a cool twist. Uh, uh, also, I booted up, like, the original Dawn of War, played two missions, and that's it. Uh, yeah, that's it for games. Uh, hmm. Do we want to get into this movie? Yeah, I think we do. So I can't speak to the series Prince of Persia very much. I never really had any history with any of those games. So uh, at least on my part, I'm coming to this one just kind of yeah, in and of itself. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm not super familiar with uh, the Prince of Persia series. I'm and let me <laughs> let me tell you, it made a great first impression on me where it started with these like important words appearing on a mostly black background mm-hmm. and you know they're written in papyrus oh it is so good uh <laughs> I, papyrus is truly as a lost font uh it's like talking about destiny and stuff uh and uh we we get uh some some like backstory. So there's this uh there's this uh king na- there's this uh king of Persia named Sharaman uh or mm. Sharaman. He's got a brother named Nizam, he's got like two sons, uh one's named Tust, the other one I always forget the name of. I, I have Uh let me look it up, it's somewhere in my notes. Yeah. Uh uh skimming through this. Not Dastan, that's the main guy. Uh, Garsiv. Garsiv, yes. Uh, but eventually, Sharman adopts a third son, uh, named Dastan. Uh, unlike the, unlike the rest of his family, he was an orphan boy that he found in the streets. Uh, he- in, Yeah, during the opening scene from Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, it's the opening scene from Aladdin, uh, uh, he nearly gets his hand chopped off after, like, stealing some fruit. Uh, but, uh, uh, Charmin stops him, adopts the boy because, damn, he, what a good kid. Uh, like, he was like, oh, right, he was like taking the fall for, like, another kid who was good, who was, like, stealing fruit, I think. Or something like that. Uh, we get some parkour. Uh, and then we cut to the uh present day of this uh film uh uh the Dastan and his brothers are are part of like some war effort uh i i think this is just they're like advancing on the persian borderlands and come mm. across this city called alamut uh so interesting historical fact here mm-hmm. Uh, Alamuts, uh, is actually a real region in Persia, and for a while it was apparently the seat of power of the, uh, assassins. Mm-hmm. And I mention that because the importance and role of this city named after a real place in real Persia drove me completely fucking insane for the rest of the movie. I was trying so hard to figure out when this is supposed to take place, mm-hmm. and the conclusion I ended up coming to is... They didn't care. Why yeah. should I? It's 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 just it's fantasy. It's a fantasy world. They just use some real life stuff a little bit. Uh, so something confusing I'm realizing on rereading my notes is the reason that they're advancing on Alamuts uh, is that it is allegedly supplying weapons to 
a warlord named Kosh. Right. Uh, who never comes up again for the rest of the no. movie. We never, we never encounter him. As far as I can tell, he might not even exist. He does not play a factor in the plot other than this inciting event. Right. So. Uh, uh, there's, there's like some contention about this because like, Charmin does not want Alamut, uh, uh, attacked or anything because it's a holy city. Uh, mm. what religion? We won't tell you. Uh, and, uh, we, we, like, like we mentioned, uh, we've got the, uh, weapons shown off, uh, like, you, like, I think Dost, not Dostana, I, I think Nizam, like, just opens up a big crate and weapons pour, pile out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nizam, by the way, uh, played by the venerable Ben Kingsley. Oh, and Dostan played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, the whitest fucking guy they could have gotten for this. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they cast most of the characters who are very clearly Middle Eastern uh, with entirely white people. Almost entirely. Uh, I'm just going to quickly look at IMDb to see if, if I can even put on the almost... Uh, I, I'm sure that some of the secondary characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think some of them might not be white. Uh. I. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at these names. I'm also looking at Alfred Molina's uh IMDb picture. He looks great. Uh, Wait, Alfred Molina's in this? Yes, he's uh, the character you referred to earlier. He's Sheikh Amar. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, and uh, so, anyways, uh, 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 there's like we get to see this uh, princess who's uh, in the uh, who's in the city. Her name's Tamina. She has, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, this painting ceremony where she gets, like, this important, like, sigil, uh, written on her, on her, like, on the back of her hand. Uh, mm-hmm. and she's, like, praying in the high temple. Uh, meanwhile, oh, also, at, we do see Dostan getting in a shirtless tussle. I, I just wanted to note that. Yes, um, so, like, the whole thing is that instead of a proper royal army or whatever, uh, Dostan just has, like, a bunch of ruffians and ne'er-do-wells who respect him yeah. as his personal force. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, basically, the the bulk of the Persian army assaults Alamut from the main gate. It isn't really going well for them, so Dostan is like, okay, we're gonna go in through the side. Uh, and there's this genuinely pretty cool bit where, like, mm-hmm. his infantry... Has a big pole that oh, he climbs yeah, this, up, and they lift cool. him up, and then the crossbowmen fire bolts into the castle walls to serve as handholds. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they they sneak in, uh, and a lot. He like he's like fighting dudes. He's part parkouring. He port he pulls up up like a portcullis so they can get in. Uh, he uses a guy as a door stopper to keep it open. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, and then he sees that the uh, Alamutian forces are, like, redeploying to protect the side entrance. Uh, so he, like, sets a bunch of oil out and then mm-hmm. sets it on fire. Yes. Which doesn't deter the Persian army, because I guess horses and camels are immune to flame. Like how in Elden Ring, if you're on Torrent, you can't get poisoned by the swamps. Right, right. It's, well, yeah, they'll, they just run right through it. Their hooves are very strong. Uh, 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 there's some fighting, some parkour, uh, pretty much any action scene in this movie is going to be very parkour focused, and I do appreciate that since they're very platforming focused games. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think the blocking is usually pretty good, but... It it has that problem. We run into this a lot. I feel like mm-hmm. too many cuts. I cannot focus on anything. I want... yeah. It's very hard to follow what's going on sometimes. This movie would have done so well with just like 
one instance of a long, uncut sequence where we just follow uh, Dastan just going for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Dastan uh, fights a guy, and, like, he gets uh, this weird, cool item he's carrying. It's a really cool-looking dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this This guy, like, was given the dagger by the princess to, like... Mm-hmm secreted out of the city and like he immediately gets bodied it's really good yeah <laughs> uh and like they they take over the city uh they occupy the city and then they uh head like is it tuss that meets with tamina or dastan that's uh, that's tuss yeah. yeah tuss um tuss like confronts tamina and like uh we find out that uh, that the city has no forges. They couldn't have made the weapons. Uh, see, I'll, sure, we'll go with that. Um, uh, and Prince Tuss wants to marry Tamina. Uh, yeah, he is basically extorting her for the lives of her people, which is like real cool, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dastan gives him the cool knife. I'm just gonna keep calling it the cool knife. Uh, well, well, no, uh, he wants the cool knife, mm-hmm. but then, uh, Nazim shows up and he's like, no, no, let him keep the knife. Mm-hmm. Be cool. Yeah. Um, after that, they head back to the capital, I guess, and the king's really pissed off. Uh, Ben Kingsley is just staring ominously in the background a lot. Mm hmm. Uh, and I think this is where I start to realize, hey, I think this movie is like a war in Iraq allegory. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Because I... there's like this, oh, they, oh they got weapons shipments. They don't got any forges. They got hidden forges. We got to keep looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the, uh, but in this case, the king is pretty mad about this. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Nizam just, is just watching them argue, uh, we, I think, I'm, I feel like my notes are a little unclear here, so, I've got here that Tamina cleans off her body paint, and Dastan fucks up a backflip. Uh. I do remember him fucking up the backflip. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, basically what I have here is that Tuss and Dastan pal around for a while uh and then i remember tuss asks him to go to the king to like ask for his approval on tuss marrying uh tamina and apparently i don't remember this part but it's in my notes Mm -hmm. tuss is like uh hey if he doesn't let me marry her can you just like kill her for me yes he does say that uh and but this is insane right like yeah why is this in the movie whoa why yeah it it's like here's the thing yeah if tuss were the main villain i would get it as characterization even though it's like kind of ham-handed and unnecessary mm-hmm. but we later learn that like he's not mm-hmm. so i don't know why they're making him this much of an asshole yeah in the first act it it's well, that's how redemption arcs work, of of course. You just make them do bad things that have nothing to do with uh, how they repent. Uh, of course. Uh, the, uh, the king, yeah, Charmin congratulates Dastan for uh, his work. Uh, he's, he has this bit where it's like, you know, a good man would have, uh, would have done something to, uh, to uh, minimize, minimize the, casualties, the casualties, yeah. But a great man wouldn't have had the attack happen at all. Uh, mm. And like, at some point, like, uh, uh, Tuss like gives uh, Dastan this prayer robe uh, that mm. was like taken from from the from Alamut, and uh, yep. it's supposed to be given to a. Uh, to a uh, charman, uh, yeah, as a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, Dastan gives it to him, and then 
the robe starts, like, steaming? Yeah, sizzling. It's like he's getting burned alive. I don't know if they put something in there, like, some sort of, like, poison. It it seems like it was poisoned with acid or whatever. Yeah. Um, Oh, so... Also, no, go on. worth noting, uh, uh, before this happens, like, uh, uh, Charmin says, Tuss, you have enough wives. Uh, Dastan, you don't have any wives. Take this one. Uh, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> it, all, all, it's all for naught since, uh, the, uh, he, he gets acid burned to death. Uh, yeah, and now everybody's like, oh, Dastan murdered the king for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so he and Tamina are forced to flee the city. There's a little, like, it's not really a chase scene because they're not being effectively chased. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a real wasted opportunity. I feel like you could have some fun with this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they steal a horse. They get out of the city. Uh, after they make camp for the night, there's this bit where Tamina pretends like she's into Dastan and then, like, snatches the dagger from his belt. There's this short fight scene between the two of them. It's mm-hmm. decent, uh, keeps the action moving forward. But then, uh, when Dastan, like, gets the dagger back, uh, he presses a button in the hilt. Yeah, it's like and... right on the hilt. And, uh,. Time starts moving backwards as his body gets all glowy and dissolves into sand. Honestly, this effect is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like the time travel effects in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he He's like watching it from a third person perspective of the fight going back. And uh, then uh, he ends up like having to do it again. Yeah, it's so fucking funny. He just completely fucks up his first jump back. Mm-hmm. And then after the second one, he, like, manages to prevent it from escalating. But now there's no sand in the hilt, and I guess it's fueled yeah. by magic sand. Yeah, it's fa- it's fueled by magic sand. Like, later he tries to put, like, regular sand in it, but it doesn't do anything. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Tamina explains to him that it's a knife that turns back time, and only the holder can, like, know what happened. Uh, and, uh, Dastan realizes, oh, if, if someone had this knife, they could, uh, they could, like, reverse any, they could, like, do something, reverse time and do it again. You could be, like, a super general or whatever. Uh, uh. Then, uh, I believe we get, like, a quick cut of, uh, Tuss being declared the new king. Cut back, uh, uh, Dastan is, like, putting these, like, cloth, he's, like, putting cloth on the horse hooves to make the tracks less obvious. I, I don't know if this is a thing that works or not. Uh, but, uh, they have to, like, get back to Alamut for... More sand, I think. Uh, and they have to cut through the Valley of the Slaves, which, mm-hmm. which is full of murderous cutthroats. Uh, and now there's two more of them, because, like, as soon as they get there, uh, Tamina plays dead, and then when Dastan goes to check on her, she just knocks him out, leaves him for dead. Yeah. Um, and now's when Captain Jack Sparrow shows up. Yep. Uh. So this is really weird. Like... This guy, Sheik Amar, and his bandit crew are menacing Dastan for a bit, but then he befriends her by, uh, I guess selling Tamina into slavery? I, I don't know, I guess. I don't know if, I guess it works. It's, like, Tamina's like a slave (laughs) for this next scene and then isn't anymore. Uh, yeah, it, it it doesn't really work work because Shikamaru's like, yeah, thanks for the girl. Uh, by the way, I know that you're the prince who ran away from the capital like mm-hmm. yesterday, so uh, I'm actually gonna turn you in for the reward money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I I guess there's like the Sheik has this whole illegal ostrich racing yeah thing. Yeah, he's got this whole he's got like these ostriches. Presumably imported from Australia, uh, 
and like he like does these races uh he explains that like the whole like idea around the valley of the slaves is completely made up it's just to like keep like government officials from coming near so uh he doesn't have to worry about like tax collectors and stuff like that yeah it's like seasteading mm-hmm. but sandsteading yeah uh and uh oh there's they uh oh there's they a- unleash the ostriches and like run away and then there's this argument where Tamina keeps telling Destan give me the dagger and it's like oh he stabbed her no he stabbed the guy behind her they're fine yeah uh also weird scene we i will mention just cuz like he showed up uh there is like this uh Sudanese warrior uh named Sesso who is really, really good with throwing knives. And, like, he's got a life debt to Shikamar. Uh, so he's, like, his main guy. Uh, just want to go over that quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, th- those those two are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, he... Uh, let me see. Okay, yeah, so... They get to, like, Avrat. Uh, they're, like, disguised as foreign dignitaries or no no i'm not sure what i wrote i I think they just like have cloaks yeah but there are foreign dignitaries here here's where i start going insane again Mm -hmm. among the people present somebody name drops uh the moogles i believe Mm -hmm. or the moguls um Mm -hmm. who historically were like to my understanding, they were basically a step tribe in Persia, and then they conquered North India. But also, that was in like the 1500s or 1600s or oh, something. Oh, interesting. And everything else about this movie seems like it has to predate like the rise of Islam right. in the Middle East. So like, I don't, I don't know why they did this. Yeah, it's like it, so many decisions in this movie just like confuse me. It, it's like they wanted to just, uh, you know, it's a fantasy story. Don't worry about it. But also, they wanted to establish all these specific like little nods to things that just confuse the issue. Yeah. It's... I don't know. I'm, I'm probably the only person who would actually care about this mm-hmm. because I'm, like, a history dweeb to some extent. But it's, it's interesting to hear about. It's just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they made these choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dastan has the sacred dagger in his ass, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, eventually, like, Dastan, like meets up with, uh, he, like, he's, like, doing some parkour and, like, ends up in, uh, like, the, uh, funeral procession where his, where, uh, Charmin is being taken. Like, he's, like, facing the, like, covered-up corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he slips a note to his uncle explaining what's going on, and they, like, sneak around and meet up somewhere private, uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where I became certain that this movie is about the Iraq War because mm-hmm. they have like an exchange about how our allies will see the search for Alamut's weapons forges is important. Yes, but not if there are none. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got uh, uh, he Dastan like uh as they're like having this conversation uh, realizes that uh that uh. Uh, Nazim's hands are burned, uh, and he's getting really suspicious, cause why, why are his hands burned? They, they shouldn't be, unless he was handling some weird substances that burn skin, uh, and then he gets ambushed, uh, but he's able to do some parkour, and, uh, we get a ru- an escape sequence, he, like, runs past a room full of attractive women, uh, they, like, get questioned. We also see Garceve, uh, and they, like, have a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawson's able to get away, though. Uh, 
Yeah, the fight doesn't really go much of anywhere. Yeah. I, I will say, <laughs> excuse me, I do like most of the escape sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice that they, this movie was definitely released in 3D because there oh. are a lot of moments where it's just like, oh, that arrow's coming right at me! Whoa! Ah. Uh, but also, this is about the point where like I started to lose patience with the movie's action sequences because... It's kind of starting to feel like a one-trick pony. It's like parkour, short fight, uh, conversation with dangerous subtext, more parkour, bad romantic banter, ad infinitum. And none of it really has enough character to... Mm. I'm trying to think of the right word. To, to like, leave an impact, you know? Yeah, yeah, to resonate and, and stuff like that. Uh, Like... I think towards the back half, it it starts to become, like, a decent enough, like, adventure movie, but, uh, but anyways, uh, so, uh, we see, like, I think, like, Nazim is, like, manipulating Tusk to, like, avoid giving Dust on a trial to just kill him, Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually, like, a really interesting scene to me. Mm-hmm. Because the people here are, like, acting in it, and it feels like there was at least an attempt to give it some layers. Because, mm-hmm. like, Tuss and Nazim are both, like, they are being cordial to each other, but there's a sort of tension, and meanwhile, Garciv is, like, silent and seems really apprehensive during the whole thing and i'm wondering like maybe he's starting to doubt the official narrative right um toss establishes that like he wants to be a good and just king and he seems to be earnest about it but also like earlier we established he was a huge douchebag so that kind of undercuts this whole thing um but yeah honestly this scene feels like it is taken out of a better version of this movie i'm kind of surprised yeah uh. Anyway, this is immediately undercut by some more shit that makes me so mad. Uh huh. Um. So, we cut to the lair of the Hassan Sins. Mm-hmm. Now, let me be clear. They are Persian assassins, and they love to do drugs. But, they're not the assassins. And I know this. Because, one, why the fuck would you call them the Hassansons? Mm-hmm. Two, they're not an Alamut. Mm-hmm. And three, I'm still pretty sure this movie takes place in the Bronze Age, maybe? Maybe. But what I want to know is, why would you give them such a similar fucking name? It's, like, it's, I don't know. It's just, like, it's just a strange choice. It's like if they, it's like if in Star Wars, the Empire was called, like, the Botsies. Like, mm-hmm. either go all the way or, like, make them their own thing. What are you doing? <laughs> That's really fascinating. I, I love that. Uh... Also, uh, the leader of the Hassansons, um, who I guess is Hassan, I don't know, um, he does just, like, straight up have the spice eyes from Dune. Yeah. Did you notice this? Yes, I did. They, he's got, like, fucked up blue eyes, like Sans Undertale, and he's got snakes, and he's got a fucked up face. He's got, like, burns or something. Or bite mm. marks. Uh. <laughs> do you think... <laughs> do you think his snakes just bit him a bunch? And <laughs> They bit him and he and, liked like, it. Listen, if I get bitten by snakes enough, I'll be strong. But yeah, no, he's actually just doing it because, like, you know, maybe he thinks it feels a little good. It's, maybe he's it's into nice. it. Nice. It just feels nice. Um. So. Uh. So. He talks about how he can see death, or or no wait, or is that Dastan? I'm sorry, but like Dastan finds Tamina. He's been poisoned by Nizam, and he. Wants answers. Uh, so, Tamina gives some 
uh, exposition. Uh, yeah, she talks about how, like, there's this magic glass artifact. It's not an hourglass, but it is a glass thing that contains sand. Mm-hmm. Don't know why they didn't just go all the way, honestly. Um, there's this magic thing called a sand glass that holds the sands of time, which fuel the dagger. Uh, Ben King's, sorry, Nazim's plot, he's played by Ben Kingsley, so in all my notes I just called him, like, Uncle Ben Kingsley. <laughs> you can call him um, that. Uh, his plot is essentially to reverse time to a moment in his childhood when he saved the king's life uh, while they were out hunting. Mm-hmm. This time, he just won't do that, so the king will die, and he'll get to ascend the throne instead. Uh, but if he tries that, it'll just destroy the world, so that's not good. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, there's also, like, an order of, like, people who are, like, tasked with, like, guarding the, uh, the, the, the sand glass and the dagger, and Tamina's one of them. It's, like, a long line of people who started with, like, this one, uh, little girl who, like, begged the gods not to destroy the world with the sands. Uh... And they're, they are going to, like, a, uh, sort of, like, home base for, uh, the, the, or maybe an away base, some location where they, where they all live. Uh, and, uh, uh, let's see. They, this is around when, uh, Jack Sparrow shows up again with his ostrich. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they're, like, ambushing them, but, like, he's, uh, like, Jack Sparrow goes on about, like, how the ostrich is gonna kill itself, so he's gotta, like, watch it and make sure it doesn't do that. Uh. It's a weird bit. Yeah. Uh. And, uh. They, like, spent, they, like, camp out for the night, and they get attacked by snakes, uh-huh. Uh, uh Dastan has managed to refill the dagger with some sand that uh Tamina was keeping around her neck. Yeah. A little f- vial kind of thing. Yes. Um so he manages to convince Sesso to undo his bonds and give him the dagger. Uh and just before he's about to get snake bitten to death, he skips time back. Uh he manages to fight them off. Mm-hmm. And the following morning, he and Tamina are like you know, if y'all uh, help us out on this, we can get you riches or whatever. And since he's Jack Sparrow, he's like, "All right, Gov, I'm on your side now. Mm-hmm. Let's do it." Uh, they we we cut to them arriving at this sanctuary, uh, mm-hmm. but the whole village in uh, around this like temple area was wiped out by the Hassansons. Uh, but some of the Sansons are dead, which is convenient, but nope, they're not. They're faking it. They get ambushed. Uh, Garsif is also here, so Dustan's trying to, like, convince him about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh. And, but just as he talks him down, tragically, uh, there's another Hassanson ambush, and he gets shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... So, uh, we get, we get some fighting. We, we see that the Hassansons also have, like, these, like, thrown darts. Uh, they like, they're like shot out of gauntlets. Mm-hmm. Which, I gotta say, cool weapon. Uh. Yeah, no, the, 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 like, shot gloves are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, uh, there's like a cool bit where like Sesso throws a broken sword into a guy's helmet. Uh, uh, Dustin gets like these, uh, I, I think they're like blades attached to ropes or something. Uh, and, uh, Garciv is able to save Dustin with his dying breasts. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the fucked up guy from before. They realize they're missing the dagger, and the fucked up guy from before, uh, the, uh, uh, brings His the- snake z- ate it. Yeah, he brings it a- yeah, the snake ate it, so he brings- so he brings the snake to Nazim and, like, cuts it open, showing off the dagger, uh, 
we get... Uh... I do want to say there's one thing that we glossed over that oh, I want to touch on. Yeah. Uh, so when Dastan and Tamina got into the sanctuary briefly, mm-hmm. um, Tamina was basically planning to kill herself in order to seal away the dagger and... Dustin stops her because I guess he loves her or whatever. Yeah. I'm about to go on a tangent of a tangent, but oh, give me a second first. Uh, so we actually get this really good shot where she is surreptitiously moving the dagger towards its sacred receptacle or whatever, even as they're going in for the kiss. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, in a movie where I actually, like, bought the romance between these two... Uh, I think I would like this scene a lot. Unfortunately, all their banter fucking sucks. Yeah, they're just mean to each other, and eventually they like each other. Uh, This is like negative chemistry. I don't know how they made it this bad. Uh, (laughs) um, so, let's see what... They, they like, get to, I think they, like, get, at some point they just end up at Alamut or something. Because I feel like there's just a chunk missing from my my notes, uh, but... No, I, I I do think that, like, right after that, they just go to Alamut. Because yeah. it's like, okay, well, they have the dagger now. Um, The next logical move is going to be for Ben Kingsley to go underneath Alamut where the sand glass is so we need to go cut him off before he can do that right um, uh when they get there uh Sesso goes to open a pair of dark souls doors and yes. he has a throwing knife fight so put on your 3d glasses it hurts this mm-hmm. fight uh with the knife guy who killed garciv um i will say this is kind of a cool scene i this do like this like, fight I think this fight is the high point of the movie because it's just them like they're just it's it's them like taking cover behind pillars as they throw knives at each other. It kind of fucking rules. Yeah, like there's this like the climax of the fight is like uh is like Sesso managing to like throw the bl- throw his like throwing knife right into the guy's chest, and then he like looks down and there's just four. Four like spikes in his chest. Uh, mm-hmm. It, I fucking love that. And like, he's like, now he knows he's gonna die, but he's got the dagger, uh, and he's really good at throwing knives. So his final actions is him grabbing the dagger and throwing it out the window. It lands in the tree next to where the main characters are, and he dies. This is so funny. How could he have known it wouldn't hit something? What if there had been a bird? What if it? What if they just, like, got a dead dove with that knife? Hmm. Uh, it's... It fuck. I'm... I think if... So, I feel like what makes this compelling to me as, like, an adventure story is it does feel like some sort of, like, D&D adventure. And this does seem like something they that that you would just allow to happen because it's fucking cool. That That is very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so they've got the dagger. Uh, uh, and, uh, let's see. Uh, Shikamar rides forth. He's, like, disguised as Dastan so that he can be a decoy. Um, and then Dastan and Tamina manage to get to the, like, palace chambers where Tuss is. Um, I will say, I don't know why Tuss is here. Yeah. Shouldn't he be at, like, the capital? I, I don't know why he's here. You're right. I guess maybe he's still looking for the forges. Um, oh yeah, you gotta find. Or them. maybe they're, he... they're really hidden. Like he's got to like open. He's got to like figure out like some point and click adventure puzzles. He's got to. Uh, he's got to do a sliding block puzzle to figure out where the where they are. It's it's real complicated. No, no you know what he's there. He's there for a portrait op in front in front of a banner that says in like Phoenician mission accomplished. Oh yeah, he's doing that. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, Dastan manages to take his brother hostage just so he can talk to him. Uh, Tuss doesn't believe what he's saying about the Sands of Time or about their uncle being the one that wanted the king dead. So Dastan decides that the best way to untangle this is to stab himself so that Tuss will be like, Oh shit, I better press the time travel button and I hope it works. Um, he does do that. I do think it would have been funny if he dithered long enough that, like, there wasn't enough sand to pull it off. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, shit, he was telling the truth, but now it's just a regular dagger. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, anyway, this all becomes immediately irrelevant, because, like, as soon as Tuss is like, yes, you were right, I'm sorry for the trouble, brother, uh, Ben Kingsley shows up, and he just, like, stabs him? Yeah. Just gets him. And, some- uh... A Hassanson pins Dastan to the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that he's got the dagger again, he's gonna he's gonna go go to the sand glass chamber. He's gonna turn back time, set things just the way he wants it. Uh, uh, let's see. How does how does Dastan get away? I'm looking here. Uh, I was genuinely unclear on this. Like, I know that Tamina helped him somehow, but, like... Oh, right. She, like... She, like, sneaks up behind, like, the assassin and, like, I think, like, attacks him, and this gives Dostan the opportunity to, like, take him out. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, like, they find out that... uh, Hey, the assassins have... At least this assassin has the, like, paint... The, like... Uh, hand p- painting that like proves he's a uh, part of the order. He's one of the guardians. The gu- he fucking t- they turned on her. Uh, mm-hmm. uh. So that's hey. Wait a minute. Yeah. What that doesn't that doesn't mean. Uh, I, I'm not so sure. the Hassansons don't. They're just doing this because like. Their boss has a contract with Nazim, right? Mm, I, I, yeah, yeah. I. So isn't it like really weird to draw attention to this when if they hadn't been hired, he wouldn't have betrayed? Like, it's not like the Hassansons as an organization have been trying to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the only thing. The only sort of backstory we get for the Hassansons is they were like mercenary. They were like a, a military force, an assassin force, who just uh, got gotten rid of, but are like still around. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I maybe he likes had them. Maybe he was the one that was like delivering the fake weapons or something. I don't know. Uh, I suppose that's possible. Uh, so, uh, so, they, like, get to the, so, uh, Nazim is taking an elevator while, uh, Dastan and Tamina have to take the long way, which is through a, uh, puzzle dungeon. Yeah, uh, you, hey, you remember in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where it's like, uh, in the Latin alphabet, Jehovah is spelled with a, with an I. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that, it's a fucking Sabbath. I'm embarrassing myself. Um, but, yeah, it's that. You know, there's tiles, and you gotta step on the right tiles, and Dastan ends up stepping on one of the wrong tiles, and everything starts crumbling, and there's a sand slide. Uh, and this is where in the video game it would shift to like, a uh, third person per- behind the back perspective, and you gotta like slide left and right to dodge obstacles and pick up collectibles and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, they do manage to get to like this cliffside overlooking the sand glass. Uh, the lead Hassanson shows up, and uh, he does kick Destin's ass. Yes, very much so. Uh, uh, thankfully, Tamina is able to save Dostan by. Getting the snake to bite the guy again, and this time for good. Yeah, I guess he comes so hard that he just falls off the cliff. Exactly. Uh, so, the, uh, 
after witnessing such an erotic act, they make out. This is such a weird way to kiss. Like, it's like she's trying to eat his mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen a movie that, like, has the romantic leads just kiss wrong. Listen, they, I don't think they know. I don't think, maybe the, maybe the director's never been kissed. Maybe it was different back in, like, ancient Persian times. They were or still figuring Persian it times out. Or whatever. You know, k- kissing technology is actually, uh, it wasn't fully developed until even after the industrial era. You know, back in the 1860s or whatever, Britain was, you know, it, it, the streets were full of people, like, trying to figure out how it worked. Maybe if I, like, kiss your elbow? No, that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm glad we live in a more enlightened time now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they reach the glass, uh, Dastan confronts Nazim, and, uh, like, Dastan, Nazim just pretty much takes him out, like, knocks him over, he's about to fall off a cliff, Tamina is, like, holding on, yeah. Yeah, she, he's dangling from the precipice, Tamina is clinging to his wrist, and it's that old thing where, like, I need to let go so that you can climb up. And he's like, no, don't do that. I love you, apparently. Um, but she does. And so this part is confusing. Mm-hmm. Dastan climbs back up onto the cliff. Uh, Nazim has already stabbed the sand glass and unleashed, like, a really badly made montage. Right. Um... And then Dastan, he, like, activates the dagger, which I thought was already active, and because he does that, he time-reverses the time-reversal, and and it happens to bring him back to when he first picked up the dagger. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's certainly convenient. Yeah, like, no, this is a huge deus ex machina, and, like, mm-hmm. it is, I understand how, why this is the logical end point for the story that they're telling. I don't mm-hmm. think it's the wrong choice from that perspective. Yeah. I just don't think it makes sense from, uh, like, how this works perspective. Right, right. Uh, it, there's not much internal logic, just... He he just gets to go back to the start of the movie. Uh, so, he, like, now knowing everything that just happened, uh, like, exposes the truth. Uh, he, like, gets... He, he like, gets, uh... Uh, Tuss to, like, listen to him. Uh, Nizam... Having his plan exposed, uh, fights Dostan. Dostan wins. Uh, Tuss talks with Tamina, and you know what? This time I'm not going to murder her. Uh, Dostan, you can go marry her. Yeah, he, he says, you should. Ma- my brother is a loyal and kind and just man. A, a true Prince of Persia 2010. Mm hmm. Uh, and then Dastan gives the dagger back to Tamina, uh, playing it off like it's a dowry, which is a good bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we close out on them having some slightly less agonizing banter. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. We get, we get a little bit more papyrus font to close it out. Mm-hmm. Uh... So, as far as rating goes, I can't rate it as an adaptation. I never played the game. Uh, yeah. Uh, as a movie, it's like... Oh, it's like... Two feels too harsh, but three feels too nice. You yeah, know? I get you. Like, like it. I think it sort of... I think it eventually gets into a groove of being a decent adventure movie. Uh, and... I, I like settled with two because I figured, you know what, if maybe I would give it a three if they didn't choose to just 
have all of these Middle Eastern people played by white people. Uh, so I-, I would probably give it a three if like the action sequence were just a little bit more well conceived. It mm-hmm. a lot of this movie feels first draft, and I think the action sequences, which should be the high point, really emphasize that. Yeah. I would also like it if they decided whether they were going for a historical setting or a fantastic one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm giving it a 2 out of 5. Yeah, 2 out of 5 sounds about right. Alright. So, let me see if we got got any questions. Uh, If you want to send in a question, you can either respond to our our, uh, monthly tweets uh, announcing the movie for the month, or you can... uh, uh, send in questions to, in our Discord. Uh, uh, our Twitter is at VGTMTP. Our Discord is linked in the Twitter. Uh, we've got one Twitter question, uh, one Discord question. Uh, mm-hmm. Our Twitter question is from uh, Mike Channels Lightning at Mike Loves Rabbit, who asks, "If you had a time dagger, would you stab time?" I mean, you gotta. Time is a piece. Of, I'm sick of time. Time's got. Time is gonna get what's coming to it. It'll be lucky if I stab it once. Uh, yeah. I. I, I mean, it's sort of like if everything is time and all you have is a time dagger, you gotta stab it. Uh. Uh. Kitty. Everything I, is time, right? Yeah. Like that's how uh, relativity works. Yeah. Because, like, space is time? Or does space curve time? Or does time curve space? I forget how all that shit works. Uh, I'm sure there's a... I'm sure someone knows, but it's not me. Uh, I mean, they they must be, at the very least, very closely linked, or else they would not call it a continuum. They'd right. call it, like, a disjunction. Right. Uh, Kitty Cat Herder asks on Twitter... Or not Twitter, on Discord. Do you enjoy time travel in stories? If so, do you like it affecting reality in smaller butterfly effect ways? Or straight up back to the future flying into the 1950s on a flying car? Uh, I would say generally of the two, I prefer uh, just hop to another time period. But I did also recently watch Everything Everywhere all at once. And that is... Perhaps the best way you could ever tell a movie, or, and in particularly, one about butterfly effect time travel. Uh, I really need to see that movie. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It, it fucking rules. Uh, uh, how about you? I like time travel narratives in general. I think the thing about butterfly effect stories to me is that it's very easy to do them badly. Like, I often think of, uh, you know the story A Sound of Thunder? Right. Uh, I often think about how, like, the effects of a small change in the prehistoric, like, dinosaur times is somehow English orthography is different. Mm-hmm. And a fascist becomes president of the United States... But biology and society otherwise seem completely unaltered. And, like, that's insane, right? Right, right. Right. There, I feel like it's gotta have, like... There has to be a much clearer connection, you know? Yeah, it's the same reason I have an issue with, like, mirror universes in sci-fi settings rather than more fantastic ones. Because it's like... Once you do start introducing these changes, logically they're going to snowball until the point where the world is completely alien. Right. Uh, so I think for a more butterfly effect one to work, you really need to nail the window and size of the initial change for it to like be believable to me, I suppose. Right, right. I will note... Uh, everything everywhere all at once mostly just deals with, uh, in terms of, like, alternate universe stuff, I'd say it mostly focuses on, like, individual actions for individual people, but there are, like, some high-concept ones, too, that, but I feel like the high-concept ones 
even as silly as they can be, at least have, like, some, like, establishing point. Mm -hmm. Some clear establishing point. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, that is our questions. And it's time to decide what's going on for next month. I've personally already decided because... Oh. Uh, so, uh, we, this podcast is now one year old. We started in May of 2021 with the Super Mario Brothers movie. And for our actual May episode, I, I found out about a recent development and stuff and we can watch another Mario movie. Uh, not the, uh, the new cut, but we are going to watch, uh, the animated Mario film. Uh, let me look up the name because it's in Japanese. Uh, let's see. It is Super Mario Brothers. Pichime Kyushutsu Daisakusen. Otherwise known as The Great Mission to Rescue Pr Princess Peach. Uh, we might have a guest on. I, there was someone who asked way in the beginning if they could be on this and I'll see if they're still available. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's going to be our next movie. Uh, uh, yeah, it like very recently got a, like an HD upload onto the internet archive. Oh, nice. Yeah. With subtitles and everything. Yeah. With subtitles and everything. Uh, by a group, uh, very amusingly named Femboy Films. Uh, that, that's everything I got to go over. Uh, let's see. Let's do plugs. Sure thing. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, I'm Maxi. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Max Knightley. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. Uh, I am on another couple podcasts. One is Eidolon Playtest. That is an actual play podcast where we are trying out a system that a couple of my friends wrote. Uh, drawing a lot of inspiration from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Persona. Uh, a lot of psychic battles. Currently, we are between the main seasons. We're doing some uh, interludes. I actually recorded the first episode of Eidolon Crush, where uh, all the Eidolons are named after Crush 40 songs oh. yesterday. Oh, that sounds good. I gotta listen to that. I am really looking forward to it. Uh, that's sort of a Game of Death thing. With uh, augmented reality, oh, uh, set in Boston, where I used oh, to live. Oh, so fuck yeah. uh, I'm having fun with it. Mm -hmm. uh, drawing inspiration from a lot of different sources, and uh, I can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, you can also find me on Drain the Swamp, which is a podcast where my boyfriend Zach and I uh, are watching Mash. Oh, uh, the fuck yeah! Old show about. Uh, Doctors in the Korean War, kind of like a tragic comedy dealing with uh, the horrors of war and also the horrors of not having enough booze. Uh, you can find that at player.fm slash series slash drain the swamp. I'm already putting it in. Uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places and you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash big underscore challenges. Uh, from there, you can find my Twitter, uh, at BiggerChallenge. Uh, you can find my YouTube channel, uh, Big Challenges. Uh, I've been uploading episodes of a, uh, Fallout 4, uh, Let's Play with just lots and lots of mods on it. Uh, you can find my other podcasts, which include Pod of Greed. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, we're... We're making our way through the back half of Season 3, and also we're going to be having a Yu-Gi-Oh! tournament uh, 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 that'll be live-streamed called uh, The Cup of Greed. Uh, really, really looking forward to that. Uh, you can also listen to uh, The Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast. Uh, we recently recorded an episode on Sonic Adventure 2, and... It was incredibly fun to discuss. We only got, like, a little bit into it because there was just so much to talk about. But it fuck, it's so good. I, 
I can't wait until I get another opportunity to talk about it. Uh, we're also going to, uh, I don't know when this will go up, hopefully soon, but we're also going to be uh, streaming Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on there since it is now uh, available, quote unquote, for streaming, quote unquote. Uh, and uh, that that's it from there. Uh, you can listen to my finished podcast. Chill Bleed about Ill Bleed and my inactive podcast, Strangers Fiction, which is an actual play. Last but not least, visit at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Uh, the day after we record this is Mother's Day, so happy MILF Sunday, Xbox. Uh, Fuck! Uh, I was ready for that one. Uh,. Yeah, uh, so, until next time, I'm Dan, I'm Maxie, and this ain't no game. <laughs>